the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the dagger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rush down the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Friday the 30th. You're tuned into Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. It's 1995. Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction to remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design your new kitchen or bath. Man, not a lot of energy out of you there this morning, Parker. Uh, their talented <laughs> designers can bring to life any concept you'd like to create. Check out MountaineerKitchensandBath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. What's going on, gentlemen? Happy Friday. It is Friday. Big time Friday for all three of us today. Well, I guess maybe you more than anybody because you got a pretty long road trip for Berkeley Springs tonight. Yeah, we're taking the hike over the mountain and going to Oak Glen over in New Cumberland, West Virginia, which is, if you don't know where New Cumberland's at, it is plumb past Pittsburgh. Try saying that three times fast. Plumb past Pittsburgh. That is pretty good. Plumb past Pittsburgh. So, yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Going to be driving down there. Going to meet up with Coach Ray and the team about noon today. Going to head down that way and hopefully get ready to see the first Tribe win of this season. They've been working hard. They've been talking and saying they've been trying some new things out. So I'm excited to see how some things are going to be changed, how some things are going to be looked at for this game. And Oakland struggled this season, too. They're 1-4. and four, So this is a big game for both these teams. So it's going to be exciting. And, again, you can hear Berkeley Springs High School football on 92.9 WXDC starting at about 6.50 tonight. We'll have that coverage for you. Google nice. says it takes 23 hours and 10 minutes to bike there. Could you do that? What's the ele- what's the elevation look like? It doesn't. Does, is there an elevation? Yeah, this there? should be there at the bottom. Um, can you translate that? Yeah, let's see. A lot. 2,000 feet of elevation gain. You can do that. It might not take me 23 hours. It might take me a couple of days longer than that. But uh, <laughs> I've ridden uh, out that way a couple of different times, uh, which it is nice to ride out there. But, yeah, you're going on a pretty uh, pretty long road trip, and I hope it uh, is a fruitful road trip for the tribe because they need it. They need, they need it. it. Absolutely. They, they need it in a big way. Uh, but last night over on 95.9 The Big Dog, we had the Ernie McCook Show. We had uh, Marlon Cook and Dwayne Grantham as the special guests last night. Uh, and among other things, I made sure to bring up with Marlon, you know, that big-time 70-yard touchdown catch right at the end of the game that really solidified it. Of course, the game was finished with a Kyle Smith sack and fumble uh, there on uh, the Kutztown offense. But if it wasn't for Marlon Cook, it would have been a lot different. And here are his kind of views on that big-time 70-yard touchdown catch last week. We ran a play. Third, I think it was third down and long, third and long. And I had to go route. So in my head, honestly, going, to, I'm running my route fast obviously every time. But I didn't think I was going to get the ball. Then when I ran, I ran straight down, ran a feed. The corner, he uh, came up for some odd reason. I don't know why he's doing that. Came up for some odd reason. I looked at Tyson. He looked at me and threw the ball. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, this, this is it right here. So then, honestly, like, everybody on the film, I didn't even see the safety come over. Everybody's like, oh, the safety almost tapped. I was so focused on the ball and make sure I caught it. I, didn't, I wasn't even paying attention. And then once I caught it, I turned around, and there was nobody. So I'm running like I'm getting chased by a dog. I'm running as fast <laughs> as possible. And I ended up scoring. But people think, like, even, like, 
Like, when you're that wide open, like, when you're running down, I'd be scared to, like, trip or, like, do something crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I was just running and running. I was like, please don't trip. Please don't trip. Please don't trip. And I went in there, and I was like, oh, my goodness, what just happened? It was crazy. crazy. That was Marlon Cook talking about that 70-yard touchdown pass. And if you uh, watched it, uh, you know, he did look wide open. But, like he said, that safety came up and almost jumped that route. And he had to really concentrate because it went right through the uh, safety's hands. And then he had, like he said, run down the field and hopefully not trip. And thankfully he didn't. It was one of life's great mysteries as to how that play was defended. That doesn't make a ton of sense for mm-hmm. down because the corner had a chance to make a beat and he came in for that uh, that shallow under. And then the safety, like you said, tried to make a play on the ball and it went through his hands and they ended up giving that go-ahead touchdown. So it was a very poorly defended play, but obviously you have to credit Tyson getting the ball where it needs to go. Man, and I feel like that always happens with uh, you know secondaries. They always try to go for the pick. When all you got to do is knock it down. You knock it down there, it's fourth down. Yeah. Then you get the ball back anyways. Instead, I mean, of course you want to get the pick and you want to you know, get the turnover and get all that going. Uh, but it worked out for Shepard. And like Coach uh, said a little bit later on in that, he was like, yeah, Tyson put that through the smallest window he possibly could have. And then Marlon <laughs> caught it through that smallest window. But he's the best uh, receiver in the PSAC. Really one of the best receivers in the nation right now in all of D2. So it'll be exciting to see how he does uh, against the Shippensburg defense, which has a pretty good linebacker in Matt Feeney. He got the defensive de- or PSAC Defensive Player of the Week last week. Uh, he's got a ton of tackles, and uh, well, the offense is pretty good too. And here's Coach McCook uh, giving us a little preview on what to expect out of Shippensburg this week. When you think about a Shepard-Shippensburg game, there is nobody in the Pennsylvania Conference on our schedule that we have more of a history with in Shippensburg. The fact that we played them when we were back in the Wiviac, the Mountain East, and then when when some of the scheduling closed out, we, were, we used to open against them every year. Uh, so in the fact that we're our part, there's a lot of uh, alumni crossover in the area. We recruit a lot of the same areas, the same kids. So it, it's a natural rivalry for us. And um, I would say, you know, they, there is... I'm sure they don't think a lot of us, you know, and uh, I'm, I probably, we probably don't think much of them. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a good, hard-fought ball game. But quarterback Sam Johnson is a Boston College transfer. He was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, he can run it. He can throw it. He can make plays. He's got a couple receivers, Red and Sheehan, that um, I think are two really good players. Sheehan is one of their other stack getters. And then the other guy, Khalid Dorsey, in the backfield is a really good football player. And he can catch the ball out of the backfield and do some good things. Um, when you think about their defense, and Feeney is a you know, player of the week, he sees the ball really well. I think he sees the plays that are in front of him extremely well and uh, does a tremendous job. You know, I think it's uh, he's a gritty football player. Riley Good is a tough player down in the – and on the defensive line, uh, they're young, and you can see them get better from the opening game of the season in West Virginia State mm-hmm. through Seton Hill, IUP, and Bloomsburg. And uh, I know we're, it's going to be a tough ball game. It's different for us. It's going to be new for us. Uh, so we'll um, we'll get this thing figured out, and uh, we'll get it. You know. We'll have to have great focus the next 48 hours. Yep. You know, it's a we're traveling the same day as that's different for us. Yep. And uh, we're we're expecting some weather from the hurricane. 
And that was Coach McCook during the Ernie McCook Show last night, live from Captain Bender's Tavern, every Thursday at 7.30. And if you can't make it out to Captain Bender's, you can always tune in on the radio over on 95.9 The Big Dog. But, yeah, it's a big game against Shippensburg. It's the first time they've been at Shippensburg since, I believe, 2012. So there's going to be a ton of people there. The target's getting bigger and bigger and bigger on the back of the uh, Rams. I mean, fourth in the nation. They're running the table in the PSAC right now. So this could be a, a pretty interesting one. I think... Shepard ends up, you know, doing their thing and kind of, you know, this isn't as nervy as a game as people might think it is. But in a rivalry game close like this and, you know, with different morning routines and whatnot, you never know what could happen. A rivalry game is important because you lose or you leave the Mountain East Conference where you had all those kind of natural in-state rivalries with and then you move to the EPAC and you start to lose them except for Shippensburg. Uh, the first time that they played Shippensburg, I believe, was 1923. And Ooh, I think they've wow. played them 60 times. I'll have those numbers officially by the broadcast. But it's one of the teams that they have a little bit of history and tradition with, and it's always great. And those were the three players that he touched on, uh, not to mention Red Douglas as well as one of the mm-hmm. best kick returners in the country. But they have not one but two high-level quarterback transfers. And Sam Johnson, like he said, the former four-star played at Boston College. Uh, he's been banged up this year, and Joey McCracken has played quarterback as well. He came from Maine. So they've got two really high-level talents in that position. And then Feeney's a crazy story because he was their practice squad uh, captain for a couple of years. He was not somebody that was expected to impact the ball at a high level on the defensive side. He was a third, fourth stringer. And now all of a sudden, he's one of the best linebackers in the P-sacking. He can do a little bit of everything, and he's going to wreak some havoc, as I'm sure Shippensburg will, because you mentioned the target on your back, which is true, but also every team that plays Shepard knows they've got nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. Because if Shippensburg loses this game 45-7, to everyone, oh, it's just Shepard being Shepard. So all the pressure's on Shepard to play a perfect game, and when you've got good players like Feeney, like McCracken, like Johnson, to play spoiler, like Red Douglas as well, um, it, it, it can always be dangerous playing a team like the Raiders. And I think the biggest thing with it for this game, too, is getting it to it early, the scoring-wise. It seems like that's been the Rams' last couple weeks. They've been a little slow getting the offense rolling. Defense has been playing good, but the offense doesn't get the wheels fully turned until about late in the second quarter and into the second half. If the Rams can get that offense going early in the first quarter, get Ronnie Brown going in the running game, get things going there, get Tyson some short completions to get him rolling early, it could be it could be like you said, Luke, a forty five to seven win, an easy walk out of Shippensburg, moving still undefeated as number four in the nation. But again, this is a rivalry game. You can't overlook these because again, this is this goes past the game. This goes into recruiting. This goes into pulling people to your school. It's big for those reasons as well. So it's going to be a fun one. I'm excited. No, I think you're both right. And I asked Coach that too last night. Um, I was like, look. The offense, Bajent, you know, everybody seems like it takes them a little while, a couple of drives here and there to kind of get their feet going, get the, you know, the mojo moving. And he said, and I said, you know, what's the reason behind that? And he said, well, it's because every week we are that team Super Bowl. So they are coming out from the first snap from kickoff, you know, playing as hard as they possibly can. And, you know, they're bringing all this different looks and different pressures. And, you know, it takes them a little while to kind of figure that out. But like you said, Parker, once they get going, man, they are uh, they're fun to watch and they're tough to beat. So don't forget, you can tune in over on 95.9 The Big Dog at noon tomorrow. It's a one o'clock kickoff. So at noon for our pregame show, uh, me and Luke will be nice and dry and warm up in the press box. But old Parker Stone will be down on the field getting nice and wet. Thanks to Hurricane Ian. Shout out to the Hurricane. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, get you, uh, get you a baseball helmet. What, what all were they? Was uh, Jim Cantori and them wearing on the Weather Channel? They had baseball helmets. And I need a baseball helmet, a poncho. <laughs> uh, I'll need some sort of cover for the mic. What? 
Whatever else we'll need. We'll, uh, I'm swinging to Walmart here a little bit before going out to... Uh, you got trash bags tied around your feet? Mm-hmm. Something like that, man. Dude, lunch, lunch be... uh, sandwich bags. Yeah. You can get the big sandwich bags. No trench foot for this guy. That's right. Put yeah. them over your socks and then into the shoe, I you're got, good to go. I got that way too bad when I was running in college all the time. Like it, There's times where it poured the rain back in Athens, and I, I just get out of practice. Feet would just be all shriveled up. Well, I got rain boots actually in the car if you want them. Well, that might, that's might have to do that. That might that might not <laughs> be a, a bad negotiation option. Here. Yeah, we'll have to do something. We're we'll going to start a dialogue. We'll we'll figure it out. Well, let us know what you think about this big rivalry game for the Rams. You can shoot us a text 304-263-4321. 304-263-4321. Props but, to the text line yesterday, by the way. Oh, They're I know. Active. I like it. I, I like love it from listeners. Yeah, let us know where you're listening from. Give us your name if you want to. Uh, 304-263-4321. Let us know. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Let us know what you think about this Shepard Shippensburg game and give us a little score prediction if you want to. Why not? But stick around after the break. We got our Panhandle game of the week tonight, and we're going to hear from uh, well, pretty much all the coaches around the P- or around the uh, EPAC. EPAC. Thank you. I have so many different ad reads and ugh, acronyms, acronyms and yeah. just so many things in my brain. Uh, but we'll be hearing from all the coaches uh, and more after the break here on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Join the conversation on Twitter at EP News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. You can visit them uh, online at mountaineerkitchensbath.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And Luke, we've got a big time matchup today uh, for our Panhandle Game of the Week. Yeah, I'm fired up to see Hedgesville against Spring Mills. It's two teams that are on the outside. Well, Spring Mills on the outside looking in for a playoff spot. Hedgesville is just inside uh, one of those final playoff spots. Uh, we have four EPAC teams in the playoff picture right now, and we'd like the, that to m- remain the same through the rest of the season. But one of these teams is going to win tonight and uh, be in strong contention for one of those final playoff spots in Class AAA. The loser, they both have very tough schedules. So if you pick up another loss here, it's going to be very, very difficult to get into the postseason. I'm excited to see how it goes. And you were uh, able, well, you have been able pretty much all season long to catch up with, I think, everybody in the piece, or in the piece. Goodness, E-Pack in the EPAC, right? Yeah, we uh, have a, a, a group of coaches here. Uh, it starts with Britt Sherman and, of course, Glenn Simpson. The only one I wasn't able to get to was uh, Craig Hunter from Jefferson. Uh, we wish the Cougars the best in the rest of their season. Obviously, he's a great friend of the program. But uh, starting with Britt Sherman, uh, a look around the EPAC for this upcoming weekend. I think we, uh, you know, as a team, we had to find our identity. And, you know, I think we kind of even played, a, even though we played a really good Salem team, we, we had some guys banged up uh, in that game and then, we kind of trying to fill out ourselves the next couple of weeks and then with the Highland Springs game. And then like it did, we kind of had to go back to the basics and fundamentals and, and kind of remember who we were and and uh, just try to come out this week and, or last week and play to the best of our ability. We kind of change things as we go. We kind of game plan for people. And, uh, you know, like Highland Springs, game, the game plan was going to kind of be just downhill running with Murphy. But when you get down to a couple scores and then you have to – you know, we worked kind of our underneath passing game there toward the end of the game against them and, and things like that. So, you know, we have really good uh, athletes and we have exceptional athletes and we have a, a good many of them. So we try to spread it around and, and not have people key on one person. And, you know, like we've had Murphy, a quarterback, running back, and now he's played a little bit of receiver for us. So just, you know, he's one of our best offensive players, if not the best offensive player. Um, so we're just trying to get him, him on the field and, and get him the ball in different ways. You know, we've been playing a lot of different guys because the injury bug has hit us a little bit this year. And 
I never like to use that as an excuse because every time you have a guy that, you know, goes down, you have another guy that's uh, kind of waiting his chance to to show what he's got. And, uh, you know, we've played a lot of different players, um, offensively and defensively this year. And, you know, at times we've had as much as 10 to 12 guys out and five or six varsity guys um, at a time this season. So, you know, I think one of the one of the things that maybe has been a positive with that is we've established a little bit of depth at this point um, in the season. But we're we're definitely not peaking. We're, you know, like I said, we've been back to the basics and, and fundamentals, and hopefully we'll, we'll be peaking around that week 11, week 12 mark. This week the Bulldogs take on Washington. Well, and that's it. I mean, we get everybody's best shot. So, you know, you can't relax. And, you know, we had to practice just as hard this week as we practice every week and try to get better every single day. And, uh, you know, they have a varsity program over there at Washington. They have as many or more kids than we do in, in this school. And so, you know, you have to prepare the same way. And, you know, Coach, Sim- Coach Simpson does a good job, and he'll, he'll, have, them, uh, he'll have them ready to go. It's, it's going to be on their home turf, and uh, he'll have some things up his sleeve for us, I'm sure. Their opponents are the Washington Patriots, coming off of their first one of the season, putting up 74 points against Parkview. Here's their head coach, Glenn Simpson, talking about how important it was to get victory number one. I was very happy for the for the parents who traveled out there. I was I was happy for our seniors, our well, our whole team. Um, you know that is that is the ointment that that cures a lot. All right, we we needed that win in, in the worst way, and not just to win, but have have some sustained success during the game. Um, our, our boys played hard. They play hard every week. Um, I'm so proud of them for the way they approach every game. And, uh, you know, so getting that victory on the road uh, at Parkview was huge for our program. Well, take me through how a team we were talking right before the interview that only attempts a couple of passes in this game scores 74 points. Uh, six different players, if I'm correct, have rushing touchdowns in this one, but uh, namely Vrobel and uh, Camden Pritt as well. You might have found lightning in a bottle there. Each get into the end zone three times. Well, we were uh, running our running our plays in, and uh, Camden and Joe uh, took turns at, at quarterback and wingback. So, uh, you know, we were able to uh, do really anything we wanted to do in our run game uh, with them at either position. Uh, so it gave us a real advantage from a schematic standpoint because two of our better athletes, you couldn't key them. Well, we, we spend every week preparing to go 1-0, every week. Uh, we, we don't take anybody lightly, obviously. Uh, we, we certainly shouldn't from our position in the standings, but we, we prepare to win every football game that, that is on our schedule. Uh, this week, certainly a tall task. I mean, the Martinsburg Bulldogs are the gold standard in the state of West Virginia. But I see that as an opportunity to test where we're at as a program. How much growth have we, how much growth have we um, earned over the course of it, what's been a very trying year? You know, there's been a lot of uh, adversity throughout the year. And we keep fighting and we keep growing and we keep getting better. And now we get another opportunity against the best team in the state of West Virginia and have been for, for years now. But we get to test our mettle and we get to go out there and see what we got. 
Coming off an upset victory of the number two team in the state, the Musselman Appleman will enjoy a week of leisure, their bye week that head coach Brian Thomas says couldn't come at a better time. I, I like where our bye week sets just because it's, you know, you play, it, it's exactly smack right in the middle. You play five games, uh, get a week off, and then, you know, we're halfway done our season and get to kind of look ahead um, at five games down the line. We talked a lot in the off season about just, you know, mental toughness and just, you know, what what happens when, uh, you know, things are going tough and adversity hits. And last year, uh, you know, we, we lost those tight ball games. We couldn't finish games. We couldn't fight back and, and you know, just kind of couldn't get over that hump. And, you know, this year I've never seen anything like what we're doing. You know, not only have we won these three straight one-possession games, but, you know, the, the three wins that we've had are by combined uh, eight points. So, you know, not not only have we won one-possession games, but, uh, you know, combined, we've only won those games by a possession. In all three of these games that we've played, uh, we've actually trailed in the fourth quarter. And our sideline, just kind of the, the the mentality of the sideline, just the kid demeanor, everything's been really calm and, and the kids have been really confident. So, you know, you get in a tight ball game like that, you know, the past three weeks, we're, we've kind of got used to that. Um, it's just kind of keeping the confidence in the kids and, and our kids just keep fighting and having that confidence that they feel like they're going to win. We have 92 kids out this year from uh, freshman to, to senior. So, you know, we got we got a really big locker room. Um, you know, one of the things when, when I became head coach, uh, we redesigned our locker room, and I wanted to get all the kids um, under one roof. It used to not be like that. So, you know, we got a really tight-knit locker room, um, you know, where, where um, you know, I'm, I'm really big on building relationships and getting close with the kids and, and you know, just having them all together. So, you know, from our freshman program, our JD program, even to our senior, um, our varsity program, uh, you know, we got we got really good numbers and we got a lot of depth. Of course, it was sophomore wide receiver Braden Miller that was the hero in the Morgantown game, but he had certainly a game that even his head coach didn't expect. Braden Miller is actually our, our, our fourth option. Um, you know, coming into the Morgantown game, he had, I think he only had like two catches for five yards on the season, and he had 99, he had three receptions for 99 yards against Morgantown. So, you know, that's one of the things that we preach to the kids is, is every week, you know, if you have that team mentality, it doesn't matter who steps up and it doesn't matter who makes plays. We're just trying to find ways to win. And the kids are really, um, there's no selfishness on this team, and they really just, you know, enjoy playing with each other. After starting the season a perfect 3-0, and Hedgesville has lost their last two games. But that tough schedule is sort of by design as the Eagles look to turn to our Panhandle High School football game of the week against Spring Mills. Yeah, I mean, we, we tell our kids all the time, you know, we play in a tough conference. You know, I'll put our conference up with any, any conference in the state. Um, so for us, when we, when we schedule out a conference game, you know, you're looking for teams that can prepare you uh, not only for the speed, but the physicality of the game and and the type of environment that you could go into. Um, so, I mean, we went to Morgantown last year at the electric environment. We need to expose our kids to that. And, you know, this year they came down to us. And in the first half, I mean, you know, we went through some adversity, fought back, um, battled back in that game. We were within a score. Uh, it just didn't go our way. And, again, it's one of those things I just said is when we get the momentum, we got to keep it. Yeah, I mean, we know we got a good – really good core of young guys especially at the sophomore level um you know so for us you know getting them in getting them game experience uh and, and every time that we put them in they've come and executed for us so for us as we've been going through this season through five games i mean i think if you look at it we've 
we played probably close to 11 or 12 different receivers uh, at the skill positions. We were, we ran three different running backs. Uh, we moved Jackson around. Uh, we we put Dalton Harper in at Q a little bit. He played running back for us last week. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we got a lot of guys that we can move around and put in different spots. What are the keys going to be for the Eagles on defense? I mean, just be a lineman assignment and fly around, have fun. Uh, you know, and the biggest thing about our guys is, you know, they put in the prep, know what we're trying to do, what our game plan is. And, you know, we're going, we're going to try to put them in some situations where, you know, you know, we're going to bring some pressure. We're going to do some different looks here and there. But at the end of the day, you know, what we've been the the first first five games here, you know, it's it's one of them things that we're not going to change much what we do. Uh, I think you know this, this is this is a good rivalry game. Uh, you know, it'll be it'll be a packed house for sure. Uh, it's going to be a fun, exciting game. You know, Coach Sims does a good job over there with uh, Spring Mills and what they're doing and. You know they got some. They got some really good athletes. You know the line blocks really well, and they're flying around on defense. Coach Heston has them flying around, so it's going to be a electrifying game. Their opponent in the Spring Mills Cardinals are coming off a bye week of their own, but their head coach Josh Sims is calling it something different. Uh, well, well, we're coming off a get better week. You know, we, we kind of told the kids. Um, you know, what, we understand it's a bye week. We understand. You know, we're a little banged up, and we need to, you know, maybe get a little rest in. But, you know, we, we went after it in the bye week. Um, and me at least started preparing for Hedgesville and obviously, you know, fixing some of our, our mistakes of execution. So, um, you know, we feel very good about the, uh, the week of practice uh, we had um, uh, during that bye, and we feel very good about what we've done this week as well. They're, they're a motivated uh, bunch, um, and, and their effort, you know, um, win, lose, or draw has been spectacular. So, um, you know, it's one of those things. We got coachable kids. We got kids that give high effort. Um, you know, we got kids that are doing it the right way. So, you know, we, we really couldn't be happier with this team. Our defense was, was spectacular, you know, in that Jefferson game. And, and you know, uh, immediately after the game, you know, we kind of talked to the team, you know, offense let us down. Um, and, uh, you know, that's one of those things. It wasn't one guy. It wasn't one unit. You know, we weren't blocking. We, we weren't uh, breaking tackles. We weren't hitting the hole. We weren't completing passes. Um, so, you know, on offense, we, we, we got to do a much better job of, uh, you know, executing, you know, but, you know, always it starts up front, especially when you're going to be a run heavy team. So, you know, again, these, these kids are working hard and they're in and, and they're developing. So um, we've definitely used this time, uh, you know, this little extra time we've had with the with the, uh, the get better week, um, you know, to kind of work on some of these these execution mistakes. But once again, we had another freshman um, that had to step up due to, you know, some injury. Um, and Xavier Anderson coming off the edge, you know, getting a couple sacks, having a couple big tackle for losses, uh, and, and always on our defensive side of the ball, and it's been this way for the last three years. You know, at linebacker Sam Stotler, you know, is all over the place. You know, he's he's averaging double-digit tackles in every game we play. Um, so, you know, obviously he performed as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah, def- defensively, um, you know, that's definitely where, you know, the, the meat of our experience is on the team. Um, and, and we definitely have those two senior leaders in Gavin and Sam Stoller. Spring Mills' last game, a loss to Jefferson, they were without their sophomore starting quarterback, Max Anderson. How about his injury status coming into this matchup? You know, Max, Max has looked good. Um, uh, you know, he, he, he's worked hard, you know, to, to, to get back there. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, uh, the freshman quarterback, Ryan Schwartz, has, you know, got, got a ton of reps, and we, we got a couple, or another guy as well, Jason Schreiner, taking some reps. Um, you know, so... Um, you know, we're hoping Max is ready. Uh, uh, he, he's, he's looked he's looked good, but you know, he obviously hasn't taken one of those shots yet. So, um, you know, if he isn't, we, we, you know, we have some contingency plans. But um, 
you know, uh, Max going to play Friday. What has Coach Sims seen in scouting the Eagles of Hedgesville? Well, yeah, they got a great secondary. You know, they have a very, very athletic secondary. You know, that they're just going to straight up man you up and say, you know, beat us. So, you know, that's one of those things again where you know we got to win that battle in the trenches, you know, and, and really get some going, uh, some things going, run the football and just chipping away at it. You know, we're in a similar situation as we were last year. Where offensively, you know, we got to be a team that's looking to move the chains and not hit the home run. You know, we got we got to be, uh, you know, happy with our, you know, three, four, five yard chipaways, you know, and and play some ball control, and once again help that defense out, uh, you know, keeping them off the field. Quarterback back there can throw the football, and you know he he's got a big strong arm. He's also good. He's also accurate. Um, and like you said, they they also have great skilled positions at at, at receiver as well as in the secondary. So, you know, it's kind of a similar situation we were in when it comes with, uh, you know, Jefferson and with, um, you know, South Hagerstown where, you know, they have some real athletes and some speed that can, you know, really stretch the field uh, vertically. So, you know, secondary-wise, we got to make sure, you know, we're not a step behind because uh, one step behind against these athletes is enough. Again, that was Luke catching up with all the EPAC coaches uh, around the area getting ready for what is a big Panhandle Game of the Week tonight. And we'll get back uh, here after this break to re- or to preview that Game of the Week a little bit more. Uh, and then, of course, we've got some national stuff to talk about as well. So stick around until after the break here on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Mix up your sports coverage with Panhandle Sports Live. Heard on the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can visit them at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And Luke, real quick, give us a, a quick little preview of our Panhandle Game of the Week tonight, which you can hear right here on 93.7, 1340 WEPM, WCST. Uh, I like the weapons that Hedgesville has offensively. Jackson Rust is one of the better quarterbacks in the state. They've got two really good receivers in Matthew and Martin. They get on the outside, have some guys that can make some plays. And the Faircloth boys, of course, on both sides of the football and the offensive and defensive line are really good. Spring Mills has got a fantastic defense. They get after the quarterback. They send pressure from all three levels. They've got Keon Mills as one of the better playmakers in the state as well, but they struggled to get him the football on offense. But their quarterback is back, and Max Anderson, the sophomore sensation from last season, throws a good football. So it's a matchup of uh, two very talented teams. And I think what it boils down to really is it's – I think it's win or go home mm-hmm. when it comes down to this rate. Both these teams, they're coming in one, three, and two, one, two, and two, coming off a of bye week. You win this one, as we mentioned before, you're priming yourself up to get into the playoff race. You lose this one, and we mentioned before, both these teams got a tough second half of the season. Yeah. It's it's really at this point, whoever wins this game is going to move, and whoever loses this game will probably finish outside of the, on the outside looking in. Well, let us know what you th- what your thoughts are on this Panhandle Game of the Week, which, again, you can hear right here on WEPM and WCST tonight. You can shoot us a text, 304-263-4321, 304-263-4321. Give us some score predictions, whether you're going to the Martinsburg game or going to another game. Let us know what you're getting into uh, for this football Friday across the great state of West Virginia. 304-263-4321 is the text line. And I'm going to jump right into it because last night uh, in that Thursday night game, one of the scariest, I think, football injuries I've ever seen with Tua going down again with a big time head injury and that one was pretty scary yeah and it it made me sick to my stomach if I'm going to be completely honest with you guys I turned off the game I didn't watch it for the rest of the time Mm -hmm. I I couldn't it it bothered me a lot 
that the Miami Dolphins in the NFL allowed Tua Tagovailoa to step onto the field Thursday. It really is messing with me. Especially after the hit he took last week and you saw him try to get up and run back and his legs completely go from him. I mean, that should have been sign enough that, hey, we got to keep this guy out for a little longer than they did. And it's making me think Tua actually did suffer a concussion. He and had it, to. And it was, they claimed it was a back injury. Now, I'm not going to sit and call the Miami Dolphins and whoever proved him falsely saying that, but... The, the proof is there to say there is a case against that. And, of course, the NFLPA is going to launch an investigation into this for Tua's sake. And I'm just – it was a really disgusting act, if I'm going to be honest. It was disgusting that he played last night, and it was horrific that everyone got had to see that live. And main thing is I hope Tua's okay. It's really sad because he's been playing fantastic the first three games too. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who's been bashed at. His coaches didn't want him. Deshaun Watson was talking about coming down there. Justin Herbert was maybe wanted down there. Joe Burrow was wanted down there. And then Tua, who's been just – he's struggled with his mental just because no one's really believed in him. And the first guy to believe in him is Mike McDaniel. And now three games in, he gets hurt. And this is something that could be what people were thought that was a career ender mm-hmm. when it happened, just how he fell and how they had to take him off on a, on a like board. It was horrific. It was well, one of the most horrific things I think I've seen on a football field. And it's crazy that he was released from the hospital last night and then traveled back with the team after two crazy head injuries like that. Well, that's that's kind of the thing, thankfully, honestly. Well, first of all, I wanted to say that the, the, the biggest thing I wanted to add to the, what Parker just said is uh, as broadcasters, I think we need to do a better job of getting people like Amazon broadcasting these games. One replay is enough. We oh, yeah, they absolutely we don't need to see must. None is enough. Mm-hmm. But yes. We don't need to see 15. Agreed. Um, mm. But that's all good signs. They're not going to let him fly um, if he has a significant mm-hmm. brain injury, if he has a brain bleed because you can't fly mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. have that. So all inclinations of him getting released and him flying back with the team means that this hopefully, I don't want to speculate, right. is bad as in a better spot than it could have been after how we saw him went down. You know, if he was still in the hospital, wasn't able to travel, whatever, this would be a significantly more serious injury. So it sounds like all the things are good for him to, you know, have to be fine, not fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is a a good thing to see. But obviously, like Parker said, the NFL will have to answer with trotting him back out there after suffering one bad head injury. And then of course this one as well, which makes you think too. I mean, after two weeks ago uh, with him, you know, having that was head four injury. Days ago. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Possibly and, two concussions in four days. And then they pump him back out there again. It's not no surprise to me that they take him to the hospital. He gets released and they put him back on a plane. I mean, yeah. I get what you're saying with, you know, brain bleeding. Well, I mean, they stuff, wouldn't, but if yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because then you technically I mean, you really can't fly. But if it was just, you know, a bad concussion or something, then I don't know. If you see him come back out next week, then I think there needs real discussions well, happening. There's, no, there's yeah, no shot. Real discussions And there's happening. this weird tug of war with the NFL between wanting to protect their quarterbacks with the, you know, the roughing the passer rules. We joke about how soft they are and things like that. But then they turn around and they do stuff mm-hmm. like this. And it's all because they want those quarterbacks to be out there making plays. So they try to limit when they get injured. But. They also don't care that much about getting them to recover from these injuries as well. So, like I said, it's a bit of give and take, and it all has to do with the NFL wanting their best players playing in prime time or playing in situations like last night. And this is the price that the league has to pay at the cost of a man in his 20s in his physical prime. Just it might be done. Waylaid and potentially right, ending his career. Ugh. Yeah, that was seeing the hands, man. That's how you knew he was completely out. He was out cold as soon as his head hit the ground. Um, but that was that was pretty scary. You could say we were out at. Uh, uh, Captain Bender's last night there after the coaches show uh, watching it and they have it on a Roku <clears throat> on one of the TVs and the Roku froze right uh, like on the uh, one of the 15 close-ups they had on him while I was on the ground it was just ter- it was scary stuff you never want to see that 
never want to see that. It's so scary. And uh, bringing it back up to there again, Tua. This is a guy. He, he's twenty four years old. Yeah. Like he's he he's my age. It and that just had to hit me too because it's a guy who's. It, 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 he's got a full future ahead of him. This is a guy who was a dominant Alabama. He's had a bunch of pressure on him his entire career. And he comes out and he's proving himself to people who are like, oh, Tua, Tua can't do it. They bring in Tyree Kill. They bring in this. They bring in that. Tua's still not good enough. He's showing he's good enough. And then just then just this happens. It's it's a tough case of scenarios for Tua. I main thing is I just hope he's okay and this doesn't affect him later on in life because – I'll be honest, when it happened, it, I had a really bad flashback to what happened to Ryan Chazier a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It That was horrific <laughs> to see as well. Mm. Main thing is, at, I wouldn't care if Tua played for the rest of the season, just as long as they let him get healthy. That's yeah. that's the biggest thing. This is bigger than football. He really shouldn't at this point. I mean, nah. goodness, we have two back. And I didn't quite realize that it was that close of a span together. I guess because it is a Thursday game, so they had a short week. But wow, that's... um. Scary stuff. But let us know what you think about it. Shoot us a text, 304-263-4321. Is there, is there an answer to it? I mean, the technology is always going to get better, right? They have these helmets now that uh, you know have all the different uh, shock-absorbing things. The turf now has different things. But is there an answer? No, I, I don't think there is an answer to these I mean, type of things. The defender kind of spiked him on that play, too. There's yeah. no, I mean, there's nothing you can do to avoid that. Right. I mean, there's something you can avoid by not putting it back out on the field. But at some point, if you want to play tackle football, it's the same right. thing about baseball. Well, we have to yeah. make baseball softer because pitchers are getting hit in the head. And basketball, these high-impact muscle injuries, well, we need to stop players running in fast breaks. You know, at some point, there's things that are out of your control that happen because these are athletes moving at high speeds that are with higher rates of impact that are causing these injuries. So that particular – I mean, we can have the concussion conversation mm-hmm. another day about, you know, getting linemen to come out of two-point stances instead of three-point stances or, you know, practicing safer tackling – that particular injury for Tua, outside of how the defender threw him on the ground, which he was just trying to finish the play. I don't right. think he meant any malice by it. That's unavoidable. But what is avoidable, obviously, coming back to what we keep saying, is Tua should have mm-hmm. never been there in the first place. Well, and you see a lot of teams now, I mean, even at practices, they don't have full pads on. They're not hitting, right? Like, I'm, gosh, I remember uh, in football practice in high school back today, I'm pretty sure a, a lot of us had multiple concussions just from practice alone because you're going full speed the whole time. But now, I mean, people are getting smarter with the, you know, of course, the knowledge is there and uh, figuring out different things. But that was just a scary reminder of, uh, you know, what could go wrong, I guess, worst case scenario with Tua last night. And I think we can all agree and say that we hope he's all right. And hopefully, hopefully we do not see him for the next couple of weeks. Hopefully we see him on the sidelines for the next couple of weeks. But we'll step aside. We'll come back. Uh, here after the break, we'll get Parker's picks. We'll wrap things up here on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can visit them at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook, or you can visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And before we get back into well, the riveting sports talk that we, uh, of course, do every day, here's Parker's picks. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 luck. Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. All right, it's time for Parker's picks for the weekend and can proudly say that the Thursday night football picks fully paid out yesterday. Burrow hit his lock of the day for me over the passing yards. 
Well you. done. Thank you, gentlemen. Congrats. Thank you. As well as other locks, as, the other picks as well. Tyree Kill did get his over on receiving yards, and the over for points did hit as well. So, Man. or that, or that forty and a half is what I picked was the all. I think it was forty four and a half was the line. And so you hit all those, and then tack on top, it's payday today. Hey, there you go. <laughs> and you didn't bring you didn't bring any breakfast in for nobody, or <sighs> you know, I, I held off on going for breakfast today because I'm leaving early. <laughs> but may, maybe next week, guys. Maybe next week I'll get you guys covered. But Let's win some money this weekend. Let's look into our locks for the weekend. College football, your slates for this weekend. And I, when I, when Luke and I saw this this morning, I almost gasped. Washington is only two and a half points favored against UCLA. Hammer that. Hammer that right now. That is a fantastic line. Washington's look great. Michael Penix is looking fantastic for the Huskies. Hammer Washington minus two and a half against UCLA. I can see Washington winning that by 10 points possibly. And into the college slates for my bonus picks. Oklahoma beats TCU by a touchdown. Take that spread. Kansas is not favored against Iowa State at home, which I thought is insane. Take Kansas to beat Iowa State. They're on a roll right now. The Jayhawks are back. That's a real tough game for me as a new lifelong K-State fan because I don't know who I dislike more. For who? Iowa State or Kansas? Yeah. Uh, I guess because Apparently in football, K-State fans... Big time dislike Iowa State. But they haven't had to dislike Kansas. For yeah, that's right. That's what I'm saying. That's so I, I'm 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 uh, conflicted. <laughs> I'd I'd say this year Kansas, but usually probably Iowa State. But mm-hmm. I Iowa State Iowa State's looked kind of rough this year though. So I'm rolling with Kansas. They've looked good. And rank them in the top 25, please. Rank the Jayhawks. I, <laughs> if they I'm, win this game, there's no reason. Yeah, no, nah, not at all. Win it. And for the NFL this weekend, my lock of the day is going to be the Green Bay Packers covering the 10-point spread against the Patriots. Looks like Mac Jones isn't going to play, so Brian Hoyer is going to be the man under center for the Patriots. Hoyer the Destroyer. Brian Hoyer. (laughs) Cleveland Browns legend Brian Hoyer. You guys remember that run he had like 20, was it 2014, 2015? He was starting, I think he started a full season for the Browns. I don't. Like there was, there was, uh, there, you there you go. The <laughs> Brian Hoyer era. Got to keep it real with you. Yeah. It no. was, there was, there was a stretch where he started for the Browns and there was a small gliver in a young Parker's head that thought Brian Hoyer was going to be the future of the Cleveland Browns, but it wasn't to be. He, here he is starting against the Patriots. Pa- Packers will wipe the Patriots guys. Packers are going to absolutely take care of him. Packers have arguably the best defensive football right now. They're hitting on all cylinders. Rodgers is piecing things together. They got an amazing one-two punch in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon in the backfield. Packers are going to put this one away against the Patriots, I think. And as well as some bonus picks, I like Detroit to beat the Seahawks, and I like those Raiders to pick up the first win of the season against the Denver Broncos. Ooh, we but, sure hope for Luke's sake. My goodness, I know. Raiders, Especially the last couple of I'm games. I'm coming been back tough. on Monday. Rowan Fuller losses. I'm going to go out and walk around in the woods for a while. Raiders <laughs> are the only team without a win so far in this NFL season. I think that changes this weekend. But if you missed my locks of the day, I'll give those to you one more time for college this weekend. Take Washington minus two and a half against UCLA. And the Packers win by 10 against the Patriots. You know, you bring up uh, forgettable Cleveland Brown players that should have or probably were going to change the franchise. And you know who the first one that comes to my mind is? Johnny Manziel? Nope. Peyton Mayfield? Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis. What a that? Guy. Madden cover yeah, back in the say, day. Madden, yeah. And then um, that was it. He was the most out of nowhere Madden cover of all time. I, I remember having that. 20. Madden 12. Thank you. 2012. No. <laughs> but yeah, Peyton Hillis. Uh, the Browns, they love to get guys that uh, have a lot of potential and then somehow ruin it. And it, what we don't have enough time to really get into this, but I, I always have wondered, what is it about you know these players that come out of college, right? They're great. Like Baker Mayfield, he was awesome coming out of Oklahoma. And then he gets to Cleveland, he gets into the pros, and then something changes. Is that 
because they're making that big step to the big, to the next level? Is it because there's all these different management things? Why do players that are so good in college end up sometimes being so bad in the pros? Well, part of it is you w- walk away from a roster that's the best in college football with the best coaches in college football, and then you have one of the worst offensive lines, no weapons, whatever. Part of it is a college system and an NFL system. You have to make different reads as a player, especially as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So you make that huge leap. And, you know, think about Will Greer. Will Greer was a great college quarterback, but he had great weapons and a great offensive coordinator. He didn't have to do much except throw the ball downfield and make one or two reads. And he steps into the NFL and he stinks because they yep. can't block for him. He doesn't have weapon. Well, he had Christian McCaffrey, but didn't have any time to throw. He has pedestrian play callers, and then you just kind of struggle. Hmm. And, you know, there's the organizations do their bad organizations. The Browns were a bad organization. They just didn't have the right culture of developing players. It's just one of those things, you know? It just always uh, confuses me. You know, you watch these kids for four years and they play like they should be in the NFL as a freshman in college. And as soon as they get there, <clears throat> they are off Tim Tebow had one of the greatest seasons in college football history. And he was a no- – I mean, I know he got the Broncos to the playoffs one year, but – Oh, what a time that was. I still remember watching that game. <laughs> those were the days. John 316. That's right. That's right. Then I got to watch him play a little baseball in Hagerstown, too. When, oh, he played uh, Hagerstown? Yeah, he played – well, he didn't play here. He played uh, – he was with the tour – or not the tourists. That's what I mean. Yeah, he, he came yeah. and played in the series. And I'll tell you what, there were a few times I've seen more people – at a uh, Hagerstown Suns game, and it was the first game of that season because Cal Ripken's son was playing, so Cal was going to be there. Uh, a Thirsty Thursday, of course, because dollar reasons. beers, to, yeah, of course, to. dollar beers. And then what was? Uh, oh, when Strasburg uh, came for a rehab, that uh, was a ton of people. Yeah, Speaking sense. of Cal Ripken, by the way, uh, Adley Rushman broke the Orioles' record for uh, doubles by a rookie. It was set by Cal Ripken, and now wow. it's uh, now it's Adley Rushman. Huh. The the Orioles are going to be pretty fun to watch here the next couple of years. So. Oh gosh, yes. Especially I'm with so Gunnar Henderson, he got uh, what minor league player of the year, I think, uh, a couple of weeks or a couple of days ago, and then he hit that unbelievable home run at the Fenway Park a couple the days ago. Field? Oh, the dead center. No, the I one mean, dead, it was center, dead center. Yeah. but it was trending to the no, opposite I mean, field. Nobody, yeah. nobody hits a ball to there really nobody. in uh, Fenway except for like what Big Poppy, maybe Manny, or you know Judge or somebody like that. But you weren't expecting that at Gunnar Henderson of all people. <laughs> Thank goodness. Well, uh, boys, got a few seconds left. What are you guys uh, looking forward to for the weekend? I, I wanted to say this before we got off the air. Mm-hmm. Bengals jerseys last night, fantastic. Oh. But you got to accessorize the right way. Anything orange, anything black, it has to be all white. I think the players that brought the accessories to the, uh, it, it diminished it significantly. I thought you were about to say the guy, one of the uh, receivers, had the black cleats on. I didn't like it. Yeah, Tyler Boyd <laughs> had the, the the white wall cleats on. Gorgeous. Ooh, that's that's a good. Look. That was a good jersey combo. It night was, it last was night. Yeah, that was beautiful. Those are great. Yeah, definitely this weekend's going to be a fun one. Of course, we've got Berkeley Springs High School football on WXDC tonight, panel game of the week. We've got Hedgesville and Spring Mills. Then we rounded out the weekend with Shepherd football and 95.9 The Big Dog as the Rams travel to Shippensburg just right up the road. And also, I was correct, 2014 was the year for Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Thank goodness. The, the yeah, fact I pulled that out. And on a high note, that's how we're in the one. weekend. Well, if you missed today's show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on over on our Panhandle Live Facebook or Panhandle, or, uh, Panhandle News Network. Facebook, and Spotify page. One of these days, I'm going to be able to say this stuff correctly. But anyways, uh, have a great weekend. Tune in for your Panhandle Game of the Week tonight. Then you got Berkeley Springs over on 92.9 WXDC. And of course, 95.9 The Big Dog. we got Shepard football tomorrow starting at noon. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you later. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.